Welcome to episode 13 of Golden Shower of Hits. On today's podcast, Jamie and Mike will discuss an album that is near holy in its stature to rock and rollers everywhere, Led Zeppelin 1. Recorded and mixed in a handful of days in 1968, the world was forever changed. If you don't think this album is a masterpiece, well, you can fuck right off. Sorry, you know, I have all these fucking screens. I got fucking <laughs> yeah. five screens open, and I've got them all disappeared in different places. And I'm like, I'm oh, fucking the fucking. Yeah, how do I get this fucking? It's like a, it's like a confusing thing, right? Yeah, it's you know, it's it's funny um, to quote Squires. The fucking road to hell is paved with good intentions. Like I thought, I'm gonna kick ass on this album and do all kinds of pre-production work and have everything ready to go and I'm literally like scrambling before <laughs> before we podcast today. So, did you do a bunch of fucking mashups? No, I was go uh, I was <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Well, here's where the Yardbirds did it before." No, no. And I, then here's where Blind fucking here's here's where the great French blues man fucking Blind <laughs> Lemon Meringue did it. No, no, no. I actually had a completely unexpected one. So, uh uh, is it dazed and confused? Yeah, that's the one that the Yardbirds did. Okay, well, so I had one you would never see coming, which is um, let me pull it up here. And unfortunately, I didn't do the I didn't do the pre-production on it. What oh, is this? Let me find. We're looking for a plant doing a particular vocal thing here. Hold on. Well, I can't find it, but there is a particular part. Some particular part in the song where he sounds like a TIE fighter from S Star Wars. <laughs> you think he ripped off Star Wars? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I think they took the the sound effect for a uh, TIE fighter taking off from... Uh, from his vocal? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'll have to drop it in. But, no, not really, but... <laughs> Do you think so? And, and they could have. I, I, don't, I don't think so, but... Uh, I was like, God, that kind of sounds like a Tie Fighter taking off. I'll I'll try to drop it in here in uh, in post. So. Do you remember watching the How They Made That Movie movies? 
Um, when you were oh, a kid? Oh, like the Star Wars one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I watched that so many times. Uh, it blew my mind because this is before sampling other than like a Mellotron, right? Right. Mellotron is a sampler. But I just had no idea like, whoa, they record that sound and then they make it sound even crazier. Like they smack that power cable wire with a fucking hammer or whatever. Right, yeah. No, I I spend a sh- I spent a shocking amount of time alone in the woods as a kid <laughs> just like exploring and dressing up as a ninja and hanging out in a tree and you know yeah. doing the shit that a kid from Minnesota does and uh, stealing butterfly knives. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, finding fucking waterlogged playboys or we uh, have you ever heard my Playboy in the Woods story? Oh, uh, I I don't. Do I want to? You do, but it's definitely Maybe gonna it's... have to be off air. Yeah. So. <laughs> the, uh, okay. Yeah. Statue, statue of limitation has not run out on that yet, so we're gonna keep that private for now. But um, uh, you murdered a waterlogged Playboy. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'll t- I'll tell you that off off mic, but um. Yeah, I remember like going out in the woods and and hitting those power line, uh, like the stabilizer cables or whatever, and making the fucking uh, blaster sound. So rad sound effect. Yeah, that was cool. Um. So yeah, I wish, I wish they did that. Yeah. Now everything is like sound designed in on a computer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're they're not uh, recording people underwater with a scuba tank or whatever. Shit like that. No, they're not doing that shit. Yeah. Um, so for this record, I decided to, uh, I'm like, I'm going to do a little, I'm going to put a little effort into this and, you know, try to do a little more research on, on this album and, and just Zeppelin as a whole before we, um, do the podcast. And, uh, so I ended up watching an awful documentary about Zeppelin that was on Amazon, uh, prime. And like none of the guys in Zeppelin are on it. It's all like people that were kind of loosely associated with the band, you know. Right. And then you know, not one a Zeppelin guy that was a local roadie, right? Right. <laughs> and then, uh, well, they did have Carmine Apice in it. He was in it. Uh, the guy from Vanilla Fudge is that his name? Yeah. Carmine Apice. And did they talk about the Mud Shark? No, they did not. Which is because a that story. was a vanilla fudge story. Is it, is I, it? You know, it's it's well, it's been argued that maybe perhaps that wasn't Led Zeppelin. In fact, it was vanilla fudge. <laughs> Were they popular enough to be able to do that to a girl? I feel like they weren't. Uh, I mean, I you think know, that time has not been as kind to them as as Led Zeppelin, but they were, you know, they were popular in their day. Yeah. You know yeah. that that that's probably a, a bad assumption because you know I was a BM- that's like- <laughs> I was a BMXer and none of us were that famous and we've done some wacky stuff with girls back in the day so right <laughs> I guess you don't need to be that yeah, famous. it's like uh, <laughs> no no I mean but if you're famous you can just grab them by the pussy yeah apparently that's uh, <laughs> everyone's heard that story right oh my god. So, uh, yeah, we watched a terrible documentary, and then we watched uh, last night. I thought, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing such a good job as a podcast host by doing this. And then in the middle of it, I texted John, and he's like, that was a terrible idea. That was, <laughs> I'm so sorry. We, watched, we rented The Song Remains the Same, which oh. is fucking 
awful. I had no idea how awful it was going to be. Like, I'm like, oh, this sounds cool. It's like some skits and some, uh, you know, them playing live. Like, it's it's going to be great. Heinous. It was fucking painful. Like, I was like during the movie, I was on the Amazon app trying to figure out how to get my 99 cents back. It was that. It was that bad. You know what I will say? Yeah. For all of the stumbling that 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 release does, the song remains. Uh, When I was living in Portland the first time, this is before you and I met. This is when you were just a story. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I just kind of barely knew Guffy. Right, right. He was a guy that signed for the orders and talked shit with me and, you know, talked guitar shit. And then eventually I went and saw his band and all that. But gotcha. I was just the guy that had shit on the stage at, at, uh, at Kelly's Olympian. <laughs> you were just a guy that he t- talked about, okay. told stories about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that DVD came out, um, How the West Was Won. Did you see any of no, that shit? No, uh-uh. Fuck. It is incredible. It is live footage of the band documenting them from the beginning to nearly to the end like there's some like five versions of dazed and confused on all like radio shows and live you know uh, concerts and just do yourself a favor and watch that because it is straight fire uh and you know they hadn't diluted themselves with drugs and excess yet yeah you know well, I'd seen like um, the black and white footage of them playing like in, on some Dutch TV show or something. And that was really good. And so I was just expecting this to be a color version of that. And it was not. <laughs> right. No. no, 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 no. It's terrible. That's Song Remains is, you know, if that's all you ever got of Led Zeppelin, then it would be fine, right. I guess. Yeah. You know, but it's not. It's like a, just not great unfortunately i think it's interesting it's interesting in that how much like the manager guy has like a whole his own skit and stuff in it and it's like it just seems weird for a manager to insert himself in the band that much you know what i mean like publicly cocaine is a hell of a drug <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I guess i shouldn't knock that guy what's his name peter grant or whatever no he might <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah he kind of changed how bands are paid so I don't know if a lot of yeah. people realize this, but before Zeppelin got big, bands were pretty much hired for like a flat fee, weren't they? Like the Beatles, like when they would play like Memorial Coliseum or whatever, they would get, you know, $3,000 and it didn't matter right. how many people came or whatever. And Peter Grant was this huge, you know, physically and um, personality wise guy who seemed a little scary. <laughs> And, uh, right. He was like the original Suge Knight. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. And we you know, changed how that works with promoters to where the bands make, you know, a large percentage of the door and then the promoters just get a small cut of that. And ever since that, that's, I think that's how bands, well, big bands, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, small bands small like bands me are still, still take it in the ass. Small bands like mine were still dealing with the pay to, you know where you actually have to pay to play at a place and so right which we never did but a lot of bands have to fuck that yeah no we're not 
fuck all yeah. that. Yeah, fuck that. I don't want to play that bad. No, I mean it's fine if you're like in junior high or high school and you could s- like sell tickets to your friends or whatever. But after that, you know, yeah. Uh, no, man, fuck that. I'm too old for that shit. I was gonna say, I, I think they even do that in uh, like, didn't Motley Crue and stuff have to deal with that? Like on the Sunset Strip back in the eighties. Oh yeah, that was pay to play. Yeah, through, all then. Yeah, fuck. Wow. Uh, there's a ton of that shit. Ton. Wow. That sucks. Right? Yeah. Can you imagine? No. And I mean, you know, that that kind of explains how a lot of shitty bands get big and a lot of great bands never go anywhere. You know what I mean? Not really. Mm. I mean, a lot of great bands don't go anywhere because people... Well, there's multiple reasons they don't go anywhere, but... People don't want greatness. <laughs> yeah. You know, some, some people do. And people think they want great things, but then they turn around and they're into Kid A. <laughs> you know? So, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, like, I, I, people yeah. clearly don't want greatness. They're right. just like, oh, you know, a fucking dry, moldy cat turd with perfume on it. This is fucking, <laughs> this, this is the most delicious almond roca ever. So, I did a, a, a lot of work on the editing so we record episodes weeks in advance and so this week i was spent editing a bunch of episodes getting them ready to go out the door and uh we seem to cover a lot of the same topics on the show and so as i was editing uh the episodes i wrote what is our set list for the show (laughs) (laughs) we have a set list for the show yeah it's either a set list or kind of like the outline of the show of every show Uh, the I'll set list is like I'll read it to you if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess what it is. <laughs> All right. Uh there's an obligatory bag on Bob Dylan. Yeah. There's an from me, there's an obligatory bag on Kid A. Uh yep. There's an obligatory negative reference to Jimi Hendrix from you. Uh yes. <laughs> there is an obligatory bag on uh Leonard Cohen. No. No? No. Uh-uh. He didn't make the set list? Nope. Wow. There's the grading thing. Yes. There's the fight about grading. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's talk about some job that I used to have. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is that in there? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's the here's set list. And then, wait a minute. There's like... And then there's a part where you either injure yourself or do some weird sex thing after a BMX match. <laughs> no, that uh, that didn't make the set list, but it should be. Really? Yeah, it, it's going to be now. <laughs> yeah. Did I nail most of it? Uh, you, got, you got a lot of it. Set list for the show. Talk about Kiss or Prince. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mike says, quote, here's the thing 20 times. <laughs> Jamie says, you know what's interesting? 20 times. (laughs) Jamie says, um, and you know, 200 times. Uh, Mike tells us about another job he's done at some point in his life. We shit on Kid A some more. We we recite information about the band or album from Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie and Mike disagree on some musical institution like Clapton, the blues, or wah pedals. Uh, Mike gives Jamie a hard time about not listening to new music. We talk about how much we like the album Yank Crime. 
Uh, Mike likes the record. Jamie is meh about it. We have a disagreement on the grading scale. Mike gives a high rating. Jamie gives a lower grading. Mike overrules Jamie's grade and says what he thinks Jamie's grade should be. (laughs) Then Mike lowers his grade slightly. Then we shit on Bob Dylan. So, yeah, that's pretty much the outline for every show. Yeah, all right. You want to go to grading now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It's so, yeah. That's great. I'm like, oh my, it's the same fucking episode every week. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good model. I mean, it's a pretty good model. It's a people solid, People seem yeah. to enjoy it. It's a solid It's like uh, people sit through 10 minutes of, you know, medium energy conversation to get to the punchline where we just shit all over fucking Clapton or whatever. And it's great. <laughs> Speaking of which, I think that, I mean... These guys caught a lot of shit. First of all, let me say this. This album came out in 1969, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, January, which means they recorded it in 68. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Which is pretty great, right? But I mean, before 1969 ended, they released Led Zeppelin too. So fucking suck it. These guys are crushing it, okay? They put out Led Zeppelin 1 and Led Zeppelin 2 within 11, 10 months of each other. That's nuts. So I'm woefully unfamiliar with Zeppelin 2 through whatever coda. Really? Yeah, I don't listen to any Zeppelin other than this record. (laughs) This one? Yeah. Oh, dude. So I I hated Zeppelin my entire life. And then, you know, this album is the album they don't play a lot of stuff on the radio from. I mean, a little bit, Mm. but not not like the other records. Right. Felt like cashmere. I had a strained relationship with my dad who was a zeppelin fan you know and a classic rock fan so all that right classic rock stuff that i heard on the radio I kind of associated with him and you know didn't want anything to do with it and then i don't remember how i came across this record maybe guppy hey jamie yeah i didn't want to be anything like my old man and he was covered in tattoos <laughs> so i think that you should at least consider that an exploration into the rest of the yeah, maybe. catalog might be worth your while. I mean, I, I'm familiar with it, but I, I definitely prefer this album over all the other stuff. Houses of the Holy? I, I don't even know what's on that record. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll know the radio songs off of it, but... Right. Like, dude, you uh, can't fuck with Good Times, Bad Times. Like, no. what a banger of a fucking album opener. Holy shit. That kick drum dude. intro. Yeah. Like yeah, absolutely. Oh it's one God. of the greatest in 1968. No, like holy fuck, no double kick, no fucking bullshit double kick pedals or double kick. You know, like right single. Foot, no, they dude. didn't even have those then. Yeah, it occurred to me listening to this record fifty times this week with with a high concentrated attention. You know, because mm-hmm. I've listened to this record thousands of times. Since I was since the sixth grade, I was already aware of it. I was aware of it my whole life, but I think in the sixth or seventh grade, I I got a copy of this record, and I was like, "This is amazing." But I didn't dive deeper into it and like really get into it till I started playing guitar, and that's when I was like, "Oh yes, right, yes." Um, but yeah, I think maybe one of the absolute greatest opening tracks of a debut album. Maybe the greatest opening track of any debut album. I think uh, Welcome to the Jungle is right up there. Oh, yeah. 
you know? I mean, it really, those are songs that set the tone, you know? They, they just set the tone. Right. I mean, you know, Bonham is such a huge part of Zeppelin, and, you know, right out of the gate, you're just, like, blown away by Bonham on, this, on Good Times, Bad Times, so. Do you, does it, when you listen to this album, because it's clearly, like, you know, tracked live, or maybe at least the rhythm tracks are live. There's some overdubs, but listening to, and especially that song, it occurs to me that, like, it starts off kind of like, okay, because the tempo's all over, right? Right. But but it, it starts out and it's like, okay, this is wicked, right? This is really cool. You don't know what the fuck is going to happen. Yeah. And you're like... What the fuck's with the clickety clacks? What's with the cowbells or whatever, right, right, the wood right. blocks? And then all of a sudden, it it comes in. And it's not like overpowering, you know. It just comes in and it's groovy. And when dude hits his first, like, impressive fill, like kick drum fill or whatever. Yeah. You kind of feel the song relax. Right. And you can you can almost sense them smiling. <laughs> looking at each other and then he's just like run amok after that right it yeah. almost it's you feel the energy relax and then like intensify yeah in its in its comfort and it's fucking amazing yeah and to this day drummers like you know that's a a benchmark yeah know? like what 50 years later now at this point and yeah, i you know 51, it's, yeah. it's so funny that we have 51 years um yeah. Probably fifty-two years at this point because it was released. <laughs> oh, in right, January. right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it was probably recorded in sixty-eight or whatever. So, yeah, um, yeah. It's interesting. All the you know, it's like everybody got double kick pedals. It's like that was invented after this, so people could try to replicate what what um, Bonham was doing with a single foot. You know, because it just couldn't be done, <laughs> or at least you know, right. for most mortal drummers, it can't be done with a single foot. Here's the thing that I didn't know until I spent two minutes web searching. <laughs> okay. Which is the way I should start almost every one of my fucking right. diatribes. I think we're on the fourth. Here's the thing, too. <laughs> really, we're deep, getting deep in that set list. Sorry. Uh. <laughs> Deep into the uh, HTTs, the H2Ts. <laughs> now that you're self-conscious, go ahead. Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> so 1969 was a huge year for music. Holy shit. Yeah, didn't um, uh, fucking uh, Funhouse came out in 69? No, right? the first Stooges record. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, Funhouse was 70, right? Yeah, let me give you the quick rundown. <laughs> I'll just give you some high, some uh, highlights. Sly and the Family Stone stand. This whole time, I thought that Led Zeppelin One came out at a time when no one had heard fuzzed out guitar rock or whatever. I just thought like, oh, this was the hottest shit going, right? right? But no, Stand came out that year. Willie and the Poor Boys and Green River, fucking. Two records from Credence, which is fucking pretty stand-up work there. The Who, Tommy, not my favorite. Um, the Band's uh, original record, self-titled. Let It Bleed, um, 
you know, Led Zeppelin 1 and 2, Abbey Road. Oh, okay. The record that I have argued for well, 20 years on, Then Play On by Fleetwood Mac. I still haven't heard that record. It's incredible. It'll make you cry. Is this the one that you buy for everybody when you see spare copies? Yeah, but now they reissued it on vinyl, so I stopped doing it. Oh, okay. Because people can go buy their own fucking copy. It's not hard to find. <laughs> so I, 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 I should not be expecting... Uh surprise well it's not hard to find it's and also it's on streaming <laughs> right, you know right. when i was doing that shit streaming that wasn't a thing right um so yeah uh then play on came out that year boss gags self-titled original uh record with uh duane allman playing guitar on that that came out 69 uh grand funk railroad on time which is a fucking banger uh say it loud james brown uh, Hot Rats from Frank Zappa, one of my favorites. Isaac Hayes, Hot Buttered Soul. That's fucking, that's a pretty hot list. Yeah. That's a lot of hot rock. Uh, everybody knows this is nowhere. Nashville Skyline. Um, <laughs> the wet fart. Some Leonard Cohen shit. Yellow Submarine <laughs> came out in 69. That's a, that's yeah, a jam. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, um, I, I don't know that. And that's the year that Cream broke up. Oh, right, right, right. And what I forget is that Cream was a band before. Oh, Space Oddity came out in 69. Yeah. But Cream was a fucking band in 1969, right? They had already come along, made some records, toured, gotten famous, and broke up. And so it puts some perspective on how I look at Led Zeppelin. Right. Because I have been looking at them through rose-colored lenses for years. <laughs> well, uh, so since you brought up uh, Eric Clapton and Cream. I like Cream, actually. Yeah, Cream's all right. I'm not an Eric Clapton guy. Um, Me neither. But uh, I feel like this is a new entry for the set list, but I'm about to shit on Rolling Stone again. Um, so Ro- Rolling Stone's initial review of this record was not good uh little that it's twin the jeff beck group didn't say as well or better three months ago to fill the void created by the demise of cream they will have to find a producer editor and some material worthy of their collective talents calling page a limited producer and criticizing his writing skills it also called Plant as flop, foppish as Rod Stewart, but nowhere near exciting. Wow. <laughs> so, once again, Rolling Stone fucking gets it wrong. <laughs> well, and then they went on to you? add this as their 29th entry on the their list of 500 greatest albums of all time. Right. These uh, Zeppelin's highest uh, entry in that list. So... Well, it's easy to look at Rolling Stone or any organization, like a magazine. You know, there are yeah. I mean, I know writers. it's not one person. There are many it's writers. Whoever. It's a bunch of different writers and and that right. sort of thing. But but still, you know. fuck Rolling Stone. Um, but they also shit on the first couple, two or three Kiss records, right? Yeah, probably. And I mean, you know, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like uh, this. This record was not embraced by the critics. Yeah, no. And what I didn't realize now, uh, Beck's first record, Jeff Beck, not Beck the Scientologist. Right. Um, 
Jeff Beck's first record, um, Truth, came out before this. And it's fucking, it's pretty wicked. Yeah. I I mean, it's it's every bit as wicked as this record. You know, but it's it, not as pyrotechnic. It's technical. It's funny. People talk about Jeff Beck all the time in with that, you know, it's like, I hate to say second tier, but it, it, it's it, my perception of guitar hero dumb based on reading Guitar Player Magazine is like Yngwie, uh, Eddie Van Halen, uh, uh, Eric Clapton, uh, Hendrix, Page, uh, or um, yeah, Page, and and then Jeff Beck. You know what I mean? Like that group of dudes. I've never heard a Jeff Beck song as far as I know. <laughs> like I've heard all those other dudes, but I don't think I've ever heard a Jeff Beck song. I'll bet you have. I've heard Train Kept a Rollin' by the Yardbirds, and that's awesome, but I don't even... Isn't that a cover? So, other than that... What about... Uh, God damn it. The, exactly. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, the one, uh, Ain't Superstitious. Um, that first record, no. you know, Rod Stewart sang on that oh, first really? record, and it's a fucking banger album. I think that was the world's introduction to... to Rod Stewart. I don't know. So that was and Rod before Stewart the small has, faces or whatever. Huh? Was that before the small faces or whatever? Is that what he was in? Yeah. Yeah. And Ron Wood played bass on that record. <laughs> oh, really? Wait, on the yeah. Jeff Beck record or the uh yeah. small okay. Yeah, no, on the Jeff Beck record. It's fucking incredible, man. Huh. It's it's probably every bit as good as Led Zeppelin one. Really? And it's called Truth? Yeah. Okay. And I still have the original my eighth grade English teacher was a guitar player, and I gave him, I let him borrow my Ingve Rising Force cassette, and I was like, you should check this out, because <laughs> yeah. this is way cooler than that dumb old dude rock that you listened right, to. Right, right, And he was like, and I remember, man, and he wasn't even that old at the time. He seemed fucking older than yeah. fucking dirt, but you know, he was in his 20s, and he was like... <laughs> That's cool, and that guy's obviously really good, you know, but right. here's your tape back, and I made you a tape of guitar players and guitar music that you should listen to. And I didn't even play guitar yet. I hadn't gotten a guitar yet. Wait, uh, wait, wait, whoa, one. whoa, whoa. You were into Ingbe and you weren't playing guitar? I wanted to play guitar so oh, okay. bad. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't think anybody was into Ingbe that didn't play guitar. <laughs> well, if you're a fucking seventh grade like dungeons and dragons enthusiast you are <laughs> <laughs> so he gives me this tape and it's got jeff beck on it it's got frank zappa on it it's got stevie ray vaughn on it it's got um it probably has some cream on it he was a, a clapton fan it had some steely dan on it and it was just like whoa that's awesome. It blew my mind. It was like all this shit. Yeah. And I had it for years and years and years. But based on that tape, I, you know, I joined the record club and one of the records that I picked was that Jeff Beck Truth. And I still have it. The Columbia that, Records and Tape Club? I still have the original copy of that record that I got. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I've had that record since 1986 or 80, yeah, 86. Wow. Crazy, right? Yeah. That's awesome. My wife was four. <laughs> yeah, I was in I was in sixth grade. So, um, but it's incredible. Yeah, it's think, incredible. Actually, I think my wife was four as well. 
80. <laughs> uh, she would have been five, I think. Anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, maybe my wife was five then. Anyway, the thing that separates this record from other records like it was that in some ways it was it was dumber. <laughs> like it like it wasn't embraced because there was this like like cream before them was a power trio and they had all this like you know really fiery jazz drumming influence right right and the who before them was you know really bombastic but also had this sort of like the who was you know this right you know that the who was actually the sort of template by which Jimmy Page put Led Zeppelin together. Yeah. Right? He was very, very, very influenced by that lineup. He wanted like a like a lion-maned singer that would stand up in the front with his bulge popping out. And he wanted a bass player that would hang back and fucking blaze and be the quiet genius. Yeah. He wanted a drummer that would stun people and then he wanted to be like the sh- you know the peacock right right which you know that's kind of how they ended up right that's exactly yeah. how they ended up yeah so uh so this kind of dovetails into uh, uh one piece of pre-production that i did do uh which is when they form the band it seems like he asked a couple of different people to fill the different roles you know so you didn't he talk to Moon and Whistle about joining the band and starting a supergroup? Oh, I don't know. I know that Terry Reed passed on the gig. So I heard that, and then that's a drag. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, he asked Steve Marriott to play, right? Oh, dude, could you even imagine? Yeah. So uh, they would have been a two-guitar band, though. I don't know if that's his. Yeah, that no, that would not have been good. But. Um, so I had, I had heard this story in the 90s from John. And so this is a... Um, this is a John Toyd I or a real I think it thing? is a John Toyd. Well, at least partially. Uh, I have not been able... So in the you know uh, Zeppelin documentary I watched and all the stuff I read online, I have not been able to corroborate... Corroborate? Corroborate the story that John's about to tell. I, so the audio is kind of bad because I recorded it on a phone call, but I'll play that for you now, okay? All right. Okay, so the story is that uh, um, <laughs> Paige wanted Steve Marriott to, from Humble Pie to be the singer for uh, Led Zeppelin when he was trying to figure out who he was going to get on there. He's one of the guys he was considering. Um, right. Steve Marriott's the shit. And apparently uh, Peter Grant, their manager, uh, got in contact with... Uh, Humble Pie's management, and supposedly Humble Pie's management was somehow connected to the mafia, and the message that they gave Jimmy Page was that he should stop uh, trying to get uh, Steve Marriott out of Humble Pie uh, because it's hard to play guitars with uh, play guitar with broken fingers. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and supposedly that was the uh, that was the end of uh, him trying to uh, trying to find uh, Steve Marriott for the band. So there we wow. go. <laughs> so great story. I don't know if that's true or not. And I couldn't find anything online uh, to corroborate that story. But <laughs> did you ask him where he heard that story? <clears throat> I did. And he said, oh, I heard it in an interview from one of the guys. I don't remember <laughs> when or where. <laughs> but sounds suspicious. Yes. 
<laughs> it sounds suspiciously John Toidle. Yeah. I love that people are slowly starting to, you know, if you listen to the all of our podcasts, you're slowly starting to learn about the John Toids. So the toy to is high and I'm moving on. <laughs> <laughs> John, man, I love it. Um, but I don't know. I like Led Zeppelin more than I like the Who. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not with you on that one. And I'll tell you why. I like the guitar work better. Yeah. I like the I like the backbeat better. I like uh John Bonham's use of a hi hat. Oh yeah. God, how um, high is it? How far apart are his fucking hi hats, man? It's crazy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It makes my knee sore just looking at that shit. Uh I like I just like the band better. I like how how much and how they evolved more than how the who evolved and all of this but to be fair <laughs> you mean by one of the members dying and them actually stopping well there's that <laughs> i like that they they stopped before the 80s got right their hooks in them yeah um i like i don't know yeah i like how they evolved but like i was say, i was about to say the Who was a band all through the very beginning, first wave of of British invasion, you know, rock and roll, right? right? Yeah. And Led Zeppelin wasn't. They were getting their yayas out with other bubblegum bands and doing other things. So, to be fair, you know, Led Zeppelin evolved and differently, individually yeah. and and collectively. But still, I just like the heaviness of Led Zeppelin. I like. I don't know. I just think Jimmy Page, for all the criticism he gets for being a thief, uh, he's a genius. That's what I think. I mean, sure, tons of the first record <laughs> is just fucking straight up, you know, yeah. pretty pretty stolen. But it's also a glimpse into what was to come, and what was to come was lots of songs the, about wizards and Vikings and shit. Well, just a lot of interesting, <laughs> a lot of interesting influence innovated by cramming them together and, you know, exploiting each of the four people's, each of the four members' talents. Yeah. And I think that is the, is the true mark of a genius producer. Yeah. Um, I, I gotta say I'm, I'm more of a who guy. Um, and I think it's, there's, there's probably. because you have a scooter, isn't it? <laughs> That's exactly why I'm a mod. I'm a mod at heart. No, I th I think that um, I'm just not a fan of the blues, and so much of their stuff is just really blues influenced. Um, and then combine that with, I feel like it was just overplayed in my childhood. It was just like always it's just fucking stairway to heaven, constantly playing. I feel like, whereas. You know, a lot of the Who songs I didn't discover until I was an adult, you know, and it was my discovery. It wasn't something that... Really, you haven't heard Baba O'Reilly too many times? Well, the answer is no, but but there there's so much of the Who that I only heard little bits and pieces of, and then as an adult, I really found them, and it was Would my Would you say you'd only heard odds and sods? <laughs> and then also, I feel like... Um, you know, and watching that song remains the same last night, but on the cough button. Put a button, weasel down there. Been a cough button on the cough button this whole fucking episode, drinking water, Jesus. Um, put, a, put, a, put a weasel down there. 
a kombucha. Uh, no, weasel will take care of the frog. Um, the so watching song remains the same last night kind of set brought this home, but I think the who is way more of a visually entertaining act. And you know, when I was a kid, I loved Kiss. You know, um, and Zeppelin wasn't as visually exciting as the who obviously so i love the performance aspect of things you know not just right. the music aspect i love the unipiper <laughs> i was so bummed that i did <laughs> that i didn't get to see led zeppelin play o2 arena oh in 07 or whatever yeah yeah there was that a would have been wasn't there a guy that you're friends with that well <laughs> i shouldn't say that that's a dumb thing to say. Uh, of course, a bunch of your friends went to see him. Uh, there was a local guy here that went and saw him. Uh, I know people who saw the show. Yeah. And they said it was incredible. And then the DVD came out and the and the record. You know, I have it on vinyl. It's fucking great. And what I love is that it's warts and all. Like, they didn't go in and doctor it up. Like, you hear, you hear mistakes. Right. And it's great. I love that. Yeah. I love... I think that's why I have such a soft spot for Jimmy Page, because I love to see uh, extraordinary guitar players and extraordinary musicians do extraordinary things. But I also like to see people struggle and just like barely make a corner. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love the white knuckling aspect of guitar playing, you know? That is, that's one of the, that's the reason, that's the very reason that I love that Rain Wolf guy. I don't know who that is. Go check it out. I mean, to see him play live, it it feels like at any given moment the show is going to fall apart. Like it feels <laughs> like it is going to fucking fall apart. Yeah. You know, like whether it's his guitar is definitely going to fall off and break because you can tell the strap <laughs> isn't in there. Oh god. <laughs> you you know like <clears throat> and his amps are stacked up in terrible ways. And he climbs on them. And it's, you know, it's like, it's fucking nuts. It feels like it's going to fall apart. Right. And it, and it doesn't. It's great. That's awesome. And every time I think, ah, I've seen it all. And yeah, sure, I'll go see him again. You know, why not? Yeah. Every time I walk away thinking the same thing, like, that was fucking dynamite. Yeah. You know? Huh. And I He's think He's called Rain Wolf? I think Led Zeppelin was like, Rain Wolf. Okay. Like R E I G N. I'll have to take a look at yeah. that. Yeah. Um, uh, go and watch YouTube videos. Okay. Yeah. Found you know, him. he's, I don't know why he, you know, maybe he, because he hasn't worked with big Nashville songwriters or whatever, but he just hasn't, he just didn't get big. Is he a Pacific Northwest guy? He was for a while. Okay. He lived there for a while and he borrowed a bunch of shit from me. And almost broke it oh, at God. a show. <laughs> I loaned him a bunch of shit, and I was like, "It was exciting to watch the show, but it was really hard for me to take myself out of this idea that maybe my shit was going to break." <laughs> right. <laughs> I took my shit back after the show. Yeah. I was like, "That's not happening again." Yeah. But I'll go see you play someone else's shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, he's Canadian. He's from you know Saskatoon or something. Speaking of uh, loaning stuff to people at shows. Reminds me of a story. We, uh, you know, so I mean, uh, are you going to tell a story about a mic stand? No, <laughs> I already told you that one. Uh, <laughs> we're playing a gig, you know, we're a hardcore punk band, you know, so we're playing a gig and the fucking drummer 
Noah forgot to bring the cymbals. And so we we went around to each band and asked if we could borrow their cymbals, and everybody told us no, right? So we had no cymbals. <clears throat> so, you know, we were going to play the show anyways, so uh, Noah set up all the cymbal stands with no cymbals on them, and he was so practiced in all the songs that he, like, air hit the cymbals. <laughs> It would air, no. air at the symbols. Yeah, <laughs> I'd look over and be swinging at no symbols, like swinging at the fucking mic stands for crashes. It was hilarious. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> the other bands no dice. Yeah, they would not loan us their symbols, which was probably a smart thing on their part. You know, I would. Were want, they punk bands? Yeah, which that that's the funny thing. They had shitty symbols. Like, <laughs> you know, who cares? Right. But, it wasn't like you're playing with Dream Theater. Uh, right. And the guy was like, "No, I'm not going to let you borrow my fucking." Two thousand dollar China crash. Right, yeah. Oh well. Hmm. But yeah, that was pretty funny looking back and <laughs> seeing them air hit the symbols. It's great. What the fuck? Uh, did you fire him? How does? How do you not bring all your shit to a game? <sighs> I don't. know. You know, shit happens. I mean, we were pretty well oiled as far as like loading up and you know packing up and stuff. But I think he just forgot to grab the symbol case at the at the practice space and forgot to put it in the van. So yeah. Right. I think, How far away was the gig? I, well, it wasn't. It wasn't that far. But um, I think I, you could actually. I think go that, back and get. I think that was the show where I pooped on the stage. It was at uh, that show at Kelly's. Same show. Oh, I thought that was at Burbati's. No, no, no. We never. We weren't uh, big enough to play Burbati's. <laughs> <laughs> we either didn't want to sell tickets, or uh, you know, we weren't popular enough. So no, never got to play Burbati's. Never got to play Dante's. It's not cool enough to get gigs there. I guess. Where have I not played there? I haven't played the big place. I haven't played any big places. <laughs> what, what's the big place? Uh, Crystal? Ballroom? Mm, did I ever play there? It's an awful place to see shows. Yeah, I feel like I played there. <clears throat> I think I played there. Um, mm. Roseland? You play the Roseland? I never played Roseland. Oh, that, that's the one place I want to play before I stop playing, so... I saw some really good shows there. Yeah. Was, yeah, I'd like to play there. It's too. a great place to see shows. I think it holds like 700 people. It's a fucking great place to see shows. The Is only, that all? Yeah. Feels bigger. It feels like the show box. Yeah, it's half of um it's half the size of uh First Avenue in Minneapolis. I know First Ave holds 1500, so. Oh, I didn't realize First Ave was that big. Yeah. I've never been there. To First Avenue? Yeah. Oh, I it's walked awesome. by. It. It's so walked cool. Walked outside, walked around outside, you know, that's it. They used to have, uh, on Sunday nights, they would have all ages dance club night, right? In the late eighties, early nineties. And so we would go cause I was underage and we'd go and we'd dance and meet girls and all that stuff. But the cool thing was, uh, you could get up on stage and dance too. And I remember every time I would get on stage, every single Sunday, I would think, oh my God, this is where fucking Purple Rain happened. Like I'm standing where fucking Purple Rain happened. Like just like I, like I couldn't even dance. I was just like overwhelmed every fucking Sunday I would do it. Uh, it was, uh, I'm so, I'm so glad I got to stand on that stage. That's like one of the coolest things in my life. That's incredible. This is where Purple Rain was filmed. Yeah. So. First, first, first place I ever jumped off a stage too. So, <laughs> during a Fugazi show. Do you think Prince ever heard this? What the Golden Shower Hits podcast? <laughs> no, I know he hasn't heard the podcast. I'm surprised no one has picked a Prince record. I don't. I haven't even seen one on the yeah, list. Yeah, there's. Well, 
we have some wacky friends. <laughs> like Jerry Ma- Jerry Rafferty made the fucking list, but uh, yeah, Purple Rain's not on it, and uh, Yank Crime's not on it, and yeah, a lot. I of- mean, it is a tall. It's to be fair, it's a tall order to ask someone what their favorite record of a decade. But you would think they would pick a good one. Like, seriously, your favorite record from the fucking 70s is Jerry Rafferty? What the fuck? <laughs> Dude, I mean... <laughs> like, it's it's like the asshole list, you know? Like, ah, oh, fuck these guys. I don't know. I, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to leave that open. Is that what we're doing next week? No, no. It's a couple weeks from now. I mean, I just feel like... Who the fuck picks Jar of Flies for the best album of the 90s? Like, it's fine, but it's not the best album of the 90s. Well, it's not... It's not fucking Swerve Driver. It's not a, it's not a survey asking people what's the best record of the decade. It's what is your favorite? Right. And how is that your favorite? It doesn't matter. Like, Look, what's your favorite ice cream? I don't... Uh, Moose Tracks. Not the best. <laughs> it, tell you that right now. No, no, no. It could definitely be in the list of the best. It's on the list, but it's not the best. I feel like there's like 20 albums from each decade where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. You know, like Purple Rain. Oh, yeah, I get it. You know, like Disintegration. Yeah, sure, I get it. Half Fall Hollow. Okay. <laughs> you know, like right. uh there's all kinds of albums that are like, oh, yeah, no brainer. Like, it could be any one of these, you know? And then there's sure. a bunch of fucking albums on the shit that people have posted where it's like, what? Do you think that's Guffy? Well, no. <laughs> I wish it was Guffy. He went in and uh, <clears throat> did you see the shit that he posted last night? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> I love how he thinks I'm not just going to mass delete all of those. <laughs> I mean, he should at least mix it up. He should mix it up and put like a ho not just repeatedly your least favorite shit. Right. Because that tips us off that, you know, like if he would have put it in there as one line, I would have never noticed it. And it could have got picked, but he fucked it up by. So our friend John went and. <laughs> if he was sneaky and just did it once a week. Right. Yeah. He could totally. Which now, fuck. Maybe we should require, require an email address. <laughs> Give me so the our friend John. It's like learning went, how to be a better criminal in prison. Yeah. Our friend John <laughs> went and ballot stuffed the uh, poll. So over the 60s, he put John Mail and the Blues Breakers, which actually. Uh, I don't. I don't mind that. Well, no, it's fucking good. Uh, the seventies put Boston, which I hate. Boston. Jesus, wrong <sighs> with you. Uh, the eighties put Ingvae Malmsteen, Rising Force, so good. Uh, and the nineties you put Fu Manchu, King of the Road, <laughs> which is fine. You don't like Fu Manchu? It's fine. I mean, it's just not really my thing. Which, whenever Fu Manchu gets brought up. Fucking Jennifer and John just jumped on my throat about how stupid Why? I am. They're like, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I mean, it's great. It's, yeah, it's I, fine. I love Fu Manchu and I'm a fan. It's for just, sure. It's just not and, you know, is it, is it The Who? No. No. Is it virtuosic, you know, uh, music? N- no, it's just like fucking dirty vibe music. <laughs> With like the same vocals. It's fucking great. So, and then for the 2000s and 2010, he put 
my new least favorite band, which is LCD Sound System. Uh, I don't even. It's so bad. It's so we've bad. We've talked about this, haven't we? I've, no, I was I posting about it on Facebook name. last week and freaking out. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, this piece of shit that I'm about to play for you on uh, Spotify has 35 million listens. You ready? Okay. Yeah, great, huh? What the fuck is well, that? Was it just is was it, it just building up? And I don't know. Great? It sounds like my fucking neighbor trying to unhook his fucking shitty pontoon from the back of his truck. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's like the most like what the fuck, dude? It's like, hey, Dell, knock that shit off. It's eight in the morning. People listen to this thirty-five million times. That's why I don't feel bad. That's why I don't feel bad. My punk band never went anywhere because people <laughs> listen to this 35 million times. I'm, I'm like, oh, people are fucking idiots. <laughs> well, I don't know anything about that band except that I think they're from Brooklyn. <sighs> I don't know. Or one of them lives in Brooklyn. I don't know. But uh, they own the one guy owns a wine bar restaurant that we used to go to every once in a while uh, that we could walk to from home. Mm. And it was... The food was great. It was expensive, so we didn't go there very often, but we enjoyed we enjoyed to go there. It was called the Four Horsemen, and that's a cool name for a restaurant. Yeah. I just I'm so irritated by it. I I just can't think anything <laughs> anything positive. Uh, oh, that's right the now. only thing I ha- that's the only thing I know about LCD Sound System. They should send us money now. Hey, if uh Four Horsemen if you're listening, we just plugged you. We are going to invoice you for an ad and congratulations, you're a new sponsor. <laughs> LCD Sound System, that's a terrible name that doesn't make any sense and the Four Horsemen is a good name for a wrestling stable. They were the best wrestling stable of all time. Four Horsemen, Arn, Ollie Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and Ric Flair. Yeah. Anyways, Zeppelin won. Yeah. Hey, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I I think I'm surprised that this episode we barely we, talked about Led Zeppelin. Yeah, like we've we've done reviews of albums that we like really don't like and talked about them way way more than this album which we both really <laughs> like <laughs> okay i mean here's well, the takeaway me... it's a fucking great album if you haven't heard it you should fucking listen to it the it who hasn't the, heard this record yeah well I get, that's why I feel like we're not obligated to deep dive and be like, <laughs> well, actually, did you know? Right, right. <laughs> I, here, here are the few. Here are the things that set this record apart from the other records that came out that year, or even butting up on either side of. Like Robert Plant's voice is fucking one of a kind. It's amazing. I mean, it's the basis for the Tie Fighters sound. <laughs> Sorry. Now, to be fair, I don't know if it was Mark Farner that said who sang in Grand Funk. I don't know. Farner played guitar, <laughs> right? The only, thing I, the only thing I know about Grand Funk is the guy that used to play in Kiss is now playing with him. Right. Yeah. Well, not anymore. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh no, the, uh, Bruce is still with us. Yeah. Bob has passed. Yeah. He, and Bob was never in the band. He just recorded all the solos. Oh, really? What? Wait, for are you talking about for Grand Funk or for Kiss? 
Kiss. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I thought you meant he he recorded all of Bruce's solos in Grand Funk. I was like, no, wait, what? <laughs> you just about fucked me up. I was like, wait a minute, you're a Kiss fan and you don't know that a lot of those solos aren't A's. Yeah, no, 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 I know that. Um, the red that red record from Grand Funk <laughs> is fucking amazing. It is unbelievable, and it is as good as this. And the vocals. Whoa, are whoa, whoa! What? There's a Grand yeah. Funk Railroad record that is as good as Zeppelin One, no doubt. And there's a song on it called Paranoid. Okay, so it sounds like we're gearing up for a fight for next week after I listen to Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> Dude, no, it's it'll fuck you up. The playing on it is ferocious. It ferocious. I almost I almost lobby to get a fucking a lifeline Guffy call in right now. <laughs> We could uh, try it. <laughs> can we? How do we call him in on this? I don't, can we do that on? Oh, we uh, unless we have Skype bucks. I don't think we can call a regular number. Fuck them. Yeah. Uh, the Grand Funk. I guess maybe this is their self-titled album. Hmm. It's called Grand Funk Red Album, and it is unbelievable. The only thing I know about Grand Funk. Oh yeah, Red Album. Uh, is American Band. That's the only thing I know about Grand Funk. Right. And they That's pl- the worst thing that you could know about them. I think they played... <laughs> That's like the Fox News headline of, <laughs> of Grand Funk. <laughs> so uh, I think I saw Grand Funk once when I was tripping on acid. Uh, and yeah, it, sure you did. And it happened... <laughs> uh, one of my favorite ap- uh, acid stories was, was uh, uh, that same day. So we, uh, <laughs> so me and my friend Ryan, uh, we're tripping on acid and it's at like a, like a, a, a uh, not a carnival, but like, you know, cities will put on like a thing, you know, where they have rides and food and all that stuff and they have bands play at night. Yeah. To me and my friend Ryan, we're tripping on acid and we come across a petting zoo. And so the deal is you go into the petting zoo and you pay whatever, couple dollars and they give you a bunch of feed and you like crouch down and feed the animals and so there's a bunch of like moms and and little 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 kids there you know like i don't know five to six years old four five six so i'm in there and i have a bunch of the food and i crouch down and i'm holding the food and a bunch of like ducks and other animals like kind of rush me and they tip me over and when they tip me over i spill the food all over my chest right (laughs) <laughs> so, so I'm laying on the, on the ground and all, and all these animals are eating the food off my chest and I start screaming, right? Cause I think the animals are trying to eat me. And so all these little kids look over and they see all these animals attacking this man who's down on the ground screaming. That's amazing. Yeah. I love this shit. <laughs> I wish I could have seen that. So yeah, that I night we it. saw a uh, grand funk play. So I know two things. About <laughs> <Grand> <laughs> funk. <laughs> uh. The animal when animal attacks, uh, animals attack association, and that right. Uh, <laughs> they're fucking. They're great. That red record came out in 1969, also. So I don't know. Like homework this week for everyone is Grand Funk Red Album, um, oh, Rain yeah. Wolf, and uh, Truth by Jeff Beck, and then whatever oh, three we're banger to records. Yeah. Three, yeah. All right, for sure. Um. But yeah, I think Robert Plant's vocals were 
incredible. They're, you know, I can see why they're challenging sometimes to people, you know. Really? People think they're that? They're like, what? People think that? <laughs> really? You, you've never heard anyone complain about his shrieky voice? No. No. Well, it's not like I'm talking on. talking to people about Zeppelin on the regular. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that. No, people talk a lot of shit about Robert Plant's singing voice. Huh. Yeah. In Led Zeppelin, in the context of that. Like, all the baby, baby, babies, and the shrieking, and the moaning, and all that, for sure. Well, that's not necessarily an issue with his voice. It's what he's saying, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, yeah. So, uh... I understand, but it's also part of the presentation. It's part of the pyrotechnical, fucking bombastic nature of the band. Yeah. It's very intentional. I'm not a big fan of the whole wizards and goblins and Vikings and all, all that shit in the lyrics. Well, look, not everyone... Like, imagine if everyone fucking sang about hopping trains, but hadn't <laughs> ever really... You know what I mean? Like, fuck. Like... And we've reached the last of the end of the set list. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone can write fake songs about hopping trains and become a folk legend. Right. <laughs> um, and feel good about it. Right. Some people are like, oh, I don't know. What do you, let's write about Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And The Hobbit. Why not? Oh my God. We like books. Yeah. I, 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 I don't like that kind of stuff that. Whatever that medieval shit is. Yeah, I hate it. Well. I, I always... So, uh, here's another great John is. So, you don't like Dio? Uh, I mean, I like the songs, but I'm not, like... I don't listen to the lyrics, and I'm not, I'm not The like, songs yeah. are made up of words. I like the music. <laughs> the words are about <laughs> wizard wizardly things so here's a here's a great thing john said to me once uh i was telling john because <laughs> john, john was like talking to me a lot about like westerns and shit you know and yeah. uh lord of the rings stuff you know john was into dungeons and dragons and all that bullshit when he was a kid and uh <laughs> he was like uh i was so into dungeons and dragons i would have been one of those kids that wore chain mail to school <laughs> he would have been yeah but he wasn't. I don't. I don't think he actually wore chainmail to school. But, but anyways, um, I was telling him. You know, he's talking to me about West, like Clint Eastwoods and westerns and fucking Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, dude, I'm not into period pieces. And he goes, <laughs> what about Star Wars? You like Star Wars, right? And I'm like, Star Wars isn't a period piece. And he goes, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck, you're right. It's not a period, it a period piece, though, because piece. it's not Victorian <laughs> or fucking what, you know, it's like, give me a fucking break. It's not a period piece. It's not a defined period of real time. I mean, technically. Well, yeah, well neither were hobbits and shit either, you know, but you know, it's not like that really happened. So. <laughs> Star Wars is a period piece. Yeah. Mind blown. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One thing that I, I read about Zeppelin was uh, that I like that <laughs> I feel like I want to bring up on the this episode is uh, so they played in in Copenhagen and they well I'll just read you what I read in, in Wikipedia <laughs> the album cover the album cover gained 
further widespread attention when at a February 1970 gig in Copenhagen, the band were billed as the Knobs, N-O-B-S, as a result of a legal threat from aristocrat Ava von Zeppelin. She was unhappy what? when she saw the cover art, but I thought it was great that they played a show as the Knobs. Uh, I don't get it. But her her name her last name was Zeppelin. Her uh, so it was like her great grandfather built the Hindenburg or whatever. Right. And the album cover has the you know photo of the Hindenburg burning. <laughs> the band's called Led Zeppelin, and she was pissed. So. Huh. Well, you know what? Tough shit, lady. The knobs. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think that name has legs. I think it does too. <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh. Can we address one creepy thing? Oh, fuck. Because all I've done is talk about how great Jimmy Page is. Yep. Uh, but as a grown adult, you know, mid-20s or whatever, he had a like a 14-year-old girlfriend. Yeah, if if that. No, she was 14. I made sure to fact check okay. before I... Um, but to be fair, she had already been with David Bowie. <laughs> well, I saw her... So on that... Uh, awful Netflix documentary or uh, Amazon prime documentary. I watched, she was one of the people being interviewed and she said that she was a virgin when she hooked up with uh page. That's funny because what I read was that she said she lost her virginity to David Bowie. Oh, so really? apparently, I mean, maybe she lost her virginity to every rock star. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what creepy people want to like. We've covered this before. Yeah. Not interested. Never was interested. Well, I mean, I was interested in 14-year-old girls when I was 15. Right. Yeah. I, I was interested in 14-year-old girls when I was 12. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, always interested sure. in girls that were <laughs> usually that were older and unachievable. <laughs> mm, but yeah, that's a that's one of those creepy things where when you bring it up that, well, you know... Who's that cat? Uh, Ted Nugent. When people are like, well, that fucking asshole's a pedophile. He married his 14-year-old cousin or whatever. Or no, he like he had this some 13 or 14-year-old girl's parents sign over custody. Yeah. But then when the Page thing is brought up, because we love Jimmy Page, for whatever reason, we don't speak about it with the same venom. Yeah, I wonder why that is. You know, I mean, is Pizza it Pizzagate? What's that? Pizzagate. 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 That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Are you queuing on? I knew it. No. <laughs> I didn't even know. Like, I just, I just heard that QAnon is largely made up of boomers. Is that true? I, I don't know. Probably. I was like. What? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? But I, that makes sense because they got they were all they primed for this conspiratorial moment by JFK's assassination and Martin Luther King's assassination and you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um well I don't want to I don't want to stray too far away from this um Jimmy Page thing uh before addressing it. So, I mean, I, I kind of talked about this <clears throat> Uh, on the Who episode, uh, with Pete Townsend in the in the child pornography thing, which uh, interestingly enough, uh, a friend of mine from Twitter who's a listener wrote in, and um, I don't remember what he said, but it sounded like if you read into the Pete Townsend thing, um, he was telling the truth about 
like trying to, I don't know, so, you know, uh, he was being like a detective or whatever. I, I should probably read into it some more, but <clears throat> anyways, um, so we, we kind of started talking about this. Uh, it kind of started talking about this on the who episode, but there's a lot of shitty things that people, um, artists that we enjoy have done. Um, you know, and it's not just page, uh, David Bowie dated this girl. Iggy Pop dated this girl. Um, Jimmy Page dated this girl, you know. Um, Mick Jagger. Yeah. Apparently. Um, and you just, you, you have I, to I, separate I mean, the, the art from the artist, you know. I, I can't. Uh, Here's something. And uh, like, I am the, uh, I would never slut shame. But I, I have to at least ask the question, if this girl dated all these famous guys... I mean, you don't end up accidentally meeting these people. You're hanging out at the fucking sunset or whatever, the rainbow, right? And and then if you get an invitation, you can accept or not accept. Now she's 14, so that's I guess that's a different that's a different story. If you were 20, maybe. I guess it's weird to have dated that many rock stars even if you were 30, right? Uh, what do you mean to have dated like three rock stars and be under 30? Well, it just would be like, well, it's, it's not an accident that you're dating these people. Like, I think that she was either attracted to these people because they were older and she had some shit she was working out in her emotional life, or she was attracted to their stardom and they were attracted to her because they were fucking creeps. But as the fucking predatorial older person, they should have had the fucking wherewithal to be like, no. I mean, Jimmy Page actually kept her hidden away. Right. Like locked in a fucking hotel room so that people wouldn't find out and he wouldn't be charged with statutory rape. Well, I think that um, a a couple of things to unpack here. I think in the 70s, um, age of consent stuff wasn't nearly as... Um, strong as it is today like if 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 i'm not mistaken child pornography was legal in the netherlands until the 70s no no i'm almost positive i read that once what the fuck yeah yeah i'll i'll oh god i don't want to google search that no but, no no no, but, no, no, uh, no i wouldn't do that <clears throat> don't do uh it. i i vaguely remember them uh there being you know like like things around sex and stuff have changed over the years. Um, so I remember in the early nineties, you could not, um, you could not buy a magazine that showed penetration in it. Right. Um, but now that, uh, but then in like the two thousands that changed, um, in the, what was it? The eighties and nineties, you couldn't buy a magazine that had pictures of, uh, like BDSM in it. So, people that were restrained it was like Hmm. against the law um really yeah because there was like no way to prove that these people weren't being held against their will or something in the photos there's something weird about it so you know this stuff has definitely i guess i guess to have a forward in a in a magazine like that with everyone's like release of image (laughs) would really be a turn off right 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 <laughs> so yeah you know in the like I, I vividly remember like in the 90s going to adult 
um, like early nineties going to adult stores and they would like, there would never be a penis and vagina inside of a vagina shot or inside of a mouth shot. It was always like next to the mouth or next to the vagina or whatever, but there was never any actual penetration, but you know, you could rent videos that had that. It was really weird. Um, you know, and some places have, <clears throat> I believe at least when I lived there, um, uh, cause I think I was 18 or no, uh, yeah, I was, I just turned 18. So a month after I turned 18, I started dating a girl who was 16. Um, and we dated for a few years, but the age of consent in Iowa is 16. I, I believe it's still that, you know? Right. So it's, you know, I, I feel like it's weird for, you know, I don't know that a 19 year old boy shouldn't be with a 17 year old girl. Right. But I don't think, uh, you know, I don't know that a 42 year old man should be with a 21 year old girl. You know, no. It, it, I feel like instead of there being this arbitrary uh, hard line, it should almost be a sliding scale. You know, well, I, I just I don't I don't think that a 19 year old boy should go to jail for dating a 17 year old girl. But then, again, you know, not. then I don't think that uh, me as a 46 year old man has any business dating a 24 year old girl. You know, like it's just creepy. But a 24 year old is an adult. And can well, make decisions like I, like I think that uh, maybe better stated, it is not such a great idea for you to try and date a seventeen-year-old. I just, um, I mean, look. Here's the bottom line: I would never date a fucking twenty-two-year-old anyway. Right. If I was for whatever, for some fucking un, whatever. If there was some reason why I was single all of a sudden not interested in someone 22. Like what the fuck right. am I going to talk to a 22 exactly. year old about anyway? That's, yeah. I would just be like, Oh, you know, look, honey, you, you, you should respect yourself more. Hey, what are you doing? Why are you <laughs> like, I'm too much of a fucking uncle. <laughs> right. Right. I want to like, I just be like, want to fucking whatever. I don't know. Not my, not my thing. Nothing to talk about. And so that's the thing, you know, like, um, Hanging out with a teenage girl, it's like, oh, yeah, no, <laughs> you know, like just talking to them, uh, it, it becomes obvious that that's not, you know, that you're too old or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not a legal thing. It's a compatibility thing. You know, there's they're right. a fucking kid and you're an adult. Um, and that's that's the that's where the attraction should stop or whatever. And <clears throat> so with these rock stars who are in their twenties, uh, I don't know if the, it's because they're still living out this like teenage lifestyle where, uh, they have no, you know, they don't have to worry about money. They can take drugs. You know, there's no consequences to their actions that they're in this state. That's not adulthood that that's why, um, underage girls who are also, in a in a state where they're not adults and they're not responsible for their own actions, I don't know if that's why they're attractive to those attracted to the those types of young girls. You know what I mean? Like, right. because as an adult who pays a mortgage and you know <laughs> mows my lawn, you know I have nothing in common with a, a teenage girl. But if I, you know. Uh, did a bunch of coke and stayed out till three in the morning. Like that would make sense. I'm completely irresponsible. Here's another person who's completely irresponsible. Like, so I don't know if that's what the attraction is. Uh, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. And again, I'm not, 
saying that dating a fucking 13 year old girl when you're 26 or whatever uh, Jimmy Page was is okay by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm I'm trying to figure out why that would happen um, or, you know, why he would think that was okay. And so that's the only thing I can come up with. But again, it's not, you know, at, at all. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to make excuses for anyone. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> that's what I hear. I, I, I've never tried it, so. You've never done cocaine? Nope. Nope. Never done uh, anything you have to snort or shoot. I don't even, I, I never even really drank, Mike. Like, I have no problem getting thrown in jail totally sober. Like, I, <laughs> dude, I will fucking raise hell totally sober. And, uh, can you imagine if you were a drinker? Oh, God. Yeah, it would be bad. Really bad. So, huh. yeah. <laughs> Not a good idea. I, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want to see that happen. Yeah. I wouldn't want to see that. Mm. I mean, I have drank and, and I have some funny stories from that era of my life, but, and someday I will share the story of why I don't actually drink what happened to put a stop to that, but not. Oh, there was a thing. Uh, there was an event. Yes. But not today, <laughs> death. <laughs> not today. <laughs> uh, you want to, you want to grade this thing? Yes. I, got, I need, I'm going to go to sleep soon. Oh yeah. It's late for me. Seven, eight, nine, ten. What is you know it? that? It's uh, was it ten o'clock there? It's ten. Yeah, you got to be up to do, do your morning exercises at five thirty and drink your fucking uh, raw egg or whatever you do because you were in the military, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what all former military people do. <laughs> I love Every that. That was my of perception of what you did in the morning for the longest time. I get up, I feed the dogs, <laughs> I do everything for everyone else first. Yeah, I feed the dogs, I walk the dogs. And then I come in and then I make coffee. And I used to take Christine her coffee before and set it on her nightstand. Oh, you're so she sweet. would drink for three or four hours. Yeah. But uh, then eventually uh, she changed to tea. So now I'm not in a hurry. Like I can make my coffee first and then bring her tea after. So you don't have one of those automatic things that makes coffee for you at a specific time in the morning? No, 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 no. I I make a pour over every morning for myself. What's a pour over? It's like it's like what you're talking about, except that it's not a machine. I do it manually. Ah, it's artisanal. Yeah. It is. It's, it's artisanal. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have an electric kettle that brings the water temperature to a specific temperature <laughs> that I brew the coffee at, and it holds it there until I'm prepared to pour it over the coffee. I love that you think that I'm an amp snob, but you're totally a coffee snob. <laughs> no, I really am. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's great. But the difference is, if I wanted a cup of coffee, I would drink AM, PM coffee. Oh. <laughs> and if you wanted to play guitar, you wouldn't play through a solid state crate. No, I would not. And those are equal equivalents. <laughs> It's funny when I see bands play and they're obviously playing through rented gear. Uh, a lot of times people will bring their amp heads, but they'll just rent whatever speaker cabinet. And it makes me fucking crazy because I feel like the speaker cabinet is almost 
as much, if not more important than the fucking amp head that you're playing through. <laughs> like, I'm like, how do you just pick whatever fucking speaker cabinet off the fucking shelf at the rental company? <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> it makes me crazy when I see that. Oh my God. Uh, I love when venues are like, oh, we have a backline. I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm bringing my shit. Yeah. Do you have 25 watt black backs, 75 hertz, 16 ohms that were made between 1975 and 1978? Then no. Wow. Does the cabinet have metal handles or plastic handles? Plastic? No. (laughs) Actually, I don't know if that matters, but the grill cloth does matter too. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Am I boring? That you? wasn't a put on. Oh, that wasn't God. a put on. It was really a symptom of. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. It wasn't a symptom of the conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, you talk shit, but you've been in my basement. You've played this shit. You know, it's no, good. It's great. Sounds. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. Mm. So, where are we landing on a grade for this? A. I'm gonna say A plus. A plus. Yeah, this is an album. One hundred out of a hundred. Yeah. There's nothing I would change on this album. Wow. Like if they were like, hey, remake this album, I'd be like, nope, this is, it's good. Uh, you know, it's uh, an album I love. I listen to it often. Um, yeah. A plus. Yeah. And, I, you is know. Is this the second A plus you've given? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember. What, what was the last one? What was the last one? Uh, Hunky Dory, wasn't it? You gave Hunky Dory an A plus, even though it had that one dumb song? <laughs> Uh, I think so. I th- I think the criteria, and again, hitting the set list and discussion of the Grady scale. <laughs> I also want to, I want, I want to make a super cut of just our laughing. <laughs> It'd be like, uh, you, you ever watch that fucking YouTube video of Paul Stanley with it's like three hours of just on stage raps or whatever. <laughs> No, it's just all the intros and outros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> or 10 the hours long or something. I just want to make the a... Venom concert with no music. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make a fucking super cut of just us <laughs> laughing from all the episodes. It'd be, be like four hours long. <clears throat> there could be super cuts of that and then arguing about the grades. <laughs> or we could super cut uh, Paul's onstage rap and then after everyone, just us dying laughing. <laughs> Could we soundbite in like some Paul Stanley shit? Oh, I'm sure we could. <laughs> like what? <laughs> we should pick some Paul Stanley shit. Uh, like when one of us is outraged with the other one. Yeah. And he could be like, I can't hear you. <laughs> uh, or, you know, whatever. I do have, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to let you know somewhat of a secret. Uh, I do have a bird. Uh, a production thing I'm doing for the podcast that is going to be like the most amazing thing of all time. That's all I can tell you about it. Uh, I need to, it is, there's a bit of work involved, so that's why it hasn't been done yet. But when it's, when it's done, you are going to shit yourself. So <laughs> you are going to, what are you going to do with it? It's going to be on the podcast. It's going to be fucking amazing. It's going to be on the podcast. <clears throat> yep. And you're not going to tell me? No. It's my podcast, too. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even tell you off air, like, because your reaction is going to be part of it. So, Oh, yeah. Jesus. So, A and A+, plus, that's fucking good. Yeah. Good job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> good job, Led Zeppelin. I, I, th- I think, uh, you know, maybe change your name to The Knobs, and uh, this thing's got legs, you guys. Did anyone ever call their 
banned the knobs? I, Surely they did, I right? I would think so. God. N-O-B-S, though. Yeah. Not K-N-O-B-S. Right. Was that the English way of spelling knobs? I don't know. <laughs> um, Mike Campbell has a band called the Dirty Knobs, which is pretty... <laughs> did you know that's pretty good, right? Is that in reference to dirty boobs? Dirty boobs? Isn't that what a knob is? Grabbing them by the knobs? What? Uh, or you, a knob is like a... A bell end or a dickhead, too. Oh, that's true. Okay. I was thinking, for, I don't know why I was thinking it was boobs. Also, it's a thing you turn on a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's a, it's a way it's to a, open a door. It's a, also, it's a control uh, interface for, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a control interface for a conductor. So when we were talking about the sex set list, was that the sex thing that you were talking about? I tend to put into every episode, but didn't realize it. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I I love that as we're talking about calling boobs knobs, I'm currently getting texts from my 86-year-old grandmother telling me, I just finished listening to episode four. (laughs) I shit you not. She just sent me a text. That's not that. <laughs> what do you think she's going to think uh, about when sh- she gets to the episode and you're like, well, the first time I ever saw that video, I was getting a blow job. Because <laughs> uh, I, I rem- when I heard you say that, I was like, oh, <laughs> Jamie's really putting it and, out there. And, uh, you know, I'm not a prude. Well, <laughs> uh no, my grandma's very uh, sex positive. So she um, she's the one that bought me my first pack of condoms. Wow. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> so my grandma gives me a pack of, uh, I can't remember the, the actual model or whatever, but she brought me over a box of Trojans uh, when I was uh, 14 maybe. And she's like, uh, I know you're at that age where you're going to start um, having sex here's a pack here's a box of condoms they're the kind that your grandpa likes so <laughs> here you go <laughs> if you ever find yourself somewhere where you need a condom and you don't have one call me i will bring some for you wow that would be a buzzkill <laughs> i was right no i was like okay great <laughs> you know, like i don't want to no, knock I mean, some girl up can you imagine the buzzkill like you're oh you're to the girl and you're like Hold on, we got to go to a phone booth because it's 1992. <laughs> we got to go to a phone booth. I got to call my grandma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have enough money to buy rubbers. Right, right, right. Or you can just give me a hand job in this phone booth. No, 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 no. We're <laughs> that's not happening. We're drilling for oil. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, yeah. So the great thing is, um, so I started. Did using- you ever take her up on that offer? Did she ever bring you condoms? Uh, no, but um, she would buy me boxes. She would just continue. Oh, the best. No, I take that. Oh, geez. I can't believe I totally fucked up the story. Um, she didn't hand me a box of condoms. She handed, <laughs> Oh my God. I can't believe this. She handed me a dairy queen peanut buster parfait cup full of condoms. Really? Because when I was a kid, I loved peanut buster parfaits. <laughs> she wanted to have that positive connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know. <laughs> or she didn't want anyone. She didn't want you to be embarrassed carrying a 
box of condoms. Well, it's not like she she handed it to me. It's it's not like I kept them in the fucking peanut butter parfait cup. Uh, yeah, it was. I I think it was kind of like a way to lighten the seriousness of uh, the gift. She you know, sounds so. like a cool. Chick. Oh, she's the fucking coolest man. I, I I should start a podcast just telling stories about my grandma. She's so fucking badass. So uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, she she loves. Uh, she loves you. She's like, he sounds so nice, and you guys sound so intelligent. <laughs> She's like, I don't really know what you guys are talking about, but I love listening to you guys. It's, uh, She said it's very comforting. She listens to it like when she's laying in bed, like trying to go to sleep, and she said it's very comforting to hear us just talking as she falls asleep. So I love your grandma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's the best, man. She's, uh, she's my number one. So. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, wow. she's uh, done with the, uh, episode four, so I'm going to send her episode five tonight. <laughs> That's amazing. How did we get I on this it. subject? Oh, the sex and the set list. Yeah. So, uh, no, she's not going to have a problem with uh, hearing that I was getting a blowjob blow while watching the trailer for Buffalo 66. That's not a problem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> what do we have next week? Uh. Elton John, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Oh, fuck yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I've never listened to, <laughs> listened to it. Surprise. Uh, really? I, I mean, I've never sat down and listened to it. I know some of the songs off of it, but no, I've never actually listened to the album. Oh, yeah, it's good. So, Christ, now I have like five albums to listen to before next week. Why? Well, fucking Rain Wolf or whatever, and Jeff Beck. And <laughs> Did you his, say Rain Wolf? Yeah, isn't that his name? <laughs> Wolf Rain? What's yeah, it? Rain Wolf. Rain Wolf. What did Wolf I say? Ring. Wolfrain, whatever, uh, and the Grand Funk uh, Red album. So, yeah, that shit is <sighs> fucking. That shit is hot. Yeah, next week should be fun. I uh, I sent you the drums over for the the cover and like a guide guitar thing. So, awesome. Yeah. Do you hear fun. my dog going fucking bananas on the bone? <laughs> uh, the best is. Um, did I send you over the Posies cover? I think so. I think I got it in a text this morning okay. when I worked like 11 hours oh, okay. the last two days. So in the uh, uh, Golden Blunders, uh, when you listen to just your vocal, you can hear fucking Rosie going to town on a fucking bone in the background. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It's so great. I totally left it in. But it, it, unfortunately, it's like, you know, it's covered up by the music so you can't hear. But I know it's there. I love right. it. It's so good. <laughs> it's like, I mean, the dogs are just kind of always in yeah, here with no, me because they like to be near me. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know. Rosie. Hey, Rosie. Come here. Come up here. She also like... She can bunny hop onto my lap. Oh, yeah. She's a pretty good jumper. Have you ever seen her do the thing where she jumps up into my arms while I'm standing up? No, huh? Oh, there's, yeah, I'll find a video. It's pretty great. I like tap myself on the chest. Yeah. You know, like jump. And she jumps up. She bounds straight up into the air, but also kicks her body sideways. Whoa. So that she lands like sideways in my arms. That's awesome. So she's not like legs at me. Right, right. It's pretty amazing. That's cool. Right? Yeah, my dogs can't even walk up the fucking stairs, dude. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> there's two stairs. I got to pick them up to go up the stairs. They're just inbred fucking <laughs> dogs. Hey, how's uh, how's Tongue my mic sound up. today? I'm using a new mic today. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it sounds good. There's always a little bit of a weird slapback thing going oh, right. on when I'm using the loop back. Yeah. But uh sounds good. Cool. Yeah, I bought a. So I have a, a, like this list of mics that 
you know, I want to, I mean, obviously not the like $5,000 Neumann, whatever, you know, but just like a right. list of mics I want to get that are industry standard, you know, for recording different things. And, uh, yeah, I always wanted one of these. So I have these different web searches going and I, I like built these things. And so they open up in all these browser tabs every day. And so I look for these mics and, uh, yeah, this one came up. It's a fucking Electro Voice RE420 broadcast mm -hmm. staple. Yeah. Uh, used for bass guitar and kick drums and floor toms and uh, yeah but they're always kind of expensive and I had the SM7B and I'm like nah you know and then this one popped up for 200 bucks and I was like oh yeah what? <laughs> fucking all over this yeah so 200 yeah. bucks yeah but then then I uh, so one of the things that sucks about the SM7B is you know it's on that arm that's connected to my table right and the SM7B is supposed to have like a built-in shock mount or whatever, but I noticed when I would like put my hands on the desk, it would boom on the mic. And so, and then right. nobody made a, nobody makes like a shock mount for the SM7B because there's supposed to be one built in. So it was driving me crazy that I would like get all these booming from me, like, you know, I like type on the keyboard and I can fucking hear it in the mic, you know? <clears throat> so, right. Uh, yeah, this RE420 showed up. And I was like, oh, so I bought it. And then I was like, oh, I'll get the shock mount for it. <laughs> the fucking shock mount was $100. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, motherfucker. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I great. saved like 150 on the mic and then I ended up spending 100 bucks on the fucking shock mount. But yeah, it's great. Like I typed and tap on the desk and shit and there's, it's not, the shock mount actually works on this. So pretty psyched about it. I want one it. of those um, warm audio WA-84s. Is that a mic? Yeah, it's a Neumann copy. Hmm. Warm. Clone, you know? <clears throat> Just, uh, I need <sighs> a, you know, I have the SM7B. I've got some other road thing. Mm -hmm. I've got some small condenser, you know, small diaphragm condensers for doing some acoustics stuff, finger picking, I think, yeah. mostly. Yeah. And then, but I think I need a large diaphragm condenser. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I was starting to feel like I hated condenser microphones. And I was thinking maybe that was just me. And then um, when you were interviewing the guy from uh, Moss Generator on Couch Riffs, he was like, I hate fucking condenser microphones. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Like, yeah, I'm just not. Dude, he is, he's like, he's amazing. Yeah, that episode was great. He's really, really an amazing studio engineer, an amazing musician. Did you go and like track down his covers and stuff? No. Or, uh -uh. Oh, go to Bandcamp and search up Tony Dallas Reed. Tony Dallas Reed? Yeah, also like one of the coolest names ever. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and he, he does all these like... Band camp. covers where he's not just trying to reproduce the the parts of the song he's trying to sonically capture them precisely hmm. as an exercise you know yeah and uh it's great and i mean top 10 record of all time the late great planet earth by his yeah band, yeah i remember Lost you Generator. saying that fuck it's just like is that on um is that on Spotify? It's on all the streaming. Yeah, it's on all the streaming okay. sites. It's just amazing. Just the best. That's cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. But yeah, go find his his uh, his covers records. Okay. Is it called... Because they're 
Um, the Lost Chronicles of Heavy Rock, Volume One. Is that it? Well, there. I think there are multiple volumes. Okay. I'll try and find. Yeah, it I have to look and, for that. And it's, yeah, it's you'll you'll be stoked. He does some Kiss songs. Nice. Yeah, because he knows what's good. <laughs> yeah, I like Moss you know? Generator. Like, it's pretty rare that I buy merch from bands. You know, unless I really like them, and uh, yeah, I have a Moss Generator shirt. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, rad. Yeah. No, they've, you know, yeah, they're not just like, they're not a run-of-the-mill stoner rock band. They like, they have their shit together. Yeah, they're no Fu Manchu or Clutch. Fuck you. (laughs) I had a long conversation with JP tonight on the phone because he delivered drums to me for a a video that we're doing. Yeah. And I told him about the podcast. Great. And I told him the song that we did that we're working on. He's gonna laugh at my drumming and my my, my poor fills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jamie recorded this on a loop for twenty minutes to get one that's semi passable. <laughs> well, maybe he'll maybe he'll grade you. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he'll give me an F. That's and that I and I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> he'll probably say the recording was an A, but the. <laughs> <laughs> the <performance was> <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> they'll say well the recording was a b minus yeah. but the drumming solid, d minus solid f <laughs> and solid and f and, plus and that i would deserve that that's fine uh what do you call that instant karma <laughs> that's, uh that's he's fine. such a nice guy and yeah. what a fucking killer he's a, drummer he's a great drummer and yeah it's just you know i mean some bands Okay, this you aren't my cup of tea, you know. So it's like we I, don't all have to love everything. Yeah, it's like I don't like coffee. But you don't like coffee? <laughs> fuck, really? Yeah, no, I hate coffee. Like, what do you do in the morning? Like with a passion, I hate coffee. Do you drink tea? No, drink water. You don't do it. Do you drink fucking energy drinks? No, I literally only drink Avion water. Really? Yes. No caffeinated beverages. Nope. Soda. Nope. Not anymore. No soda. Not since the heart attack. You used to. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Water only since the heart attack. No milk. Wow. Nothing. No tea, no coffee. I, were you a milk drinker before? I mean, a little bit, yeah. Really? Yeah, I would have cereal and shit, and sometimes I'd have a glass of milk, depending on... If you were feeling gross. <laughs> 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 no, I, I loved milk. As a, you know, when I was a kid, I was super into milk. Yeah. When I was a kid, I drank milk only if it was ice cold. Oh, really? No, I, I, I think when I was a kid, I drank a gallon of milk a day. Easy. <laughs> yeah. That's so gross. Like, I remember, I remember my mom yelling at me all the time about drinking all the milk. Did she ever try to sneak powdered milk oh, into the container? Oh, of course she did. And, and right. she ruined a gallon of milk by cutting it with dry milk. Ugh. Powdered milk is the most disgusting thing on earth. I don't know what animal uh, <laughs> invented powdered milk. True. It is the worst. As a poor kid, as two poor kids, yeah. um, there was no way, there was, there was no possible application for me to be happy with powdered milk. Not with cocoa powder in it. Not with, um, fuck, not in cereal. Yeah, no. Not, not in fucking frosting. Not in, I'm trying to think of anything you put milk into. Right. 
not in, in a cream-based soup. There was no, no... Oh, <laughs> There's no excuse for uh, powdered milk. But there's just no, no redeeming qualities. Yeah. Well, there'd be like a weird scum on the top of it, right? So remember gross. that? And I remember like using a butter knife to like scrape the scum off the top of my fucking glass of like. So gross. Ugh, it was bad. Yeah, fucking powdered milk, dude. I don't like. Did they Sorry just? Sorry, you had to be a poor kid. Did they just? I mean, I don't even understand what it is. Is it just milk where they remove the water and then you, the idea is you add water and you have milk? Is that what powdered milk is? Well, powdered milk, I believe, is dehydrated milk. Okay. Not condensed milk. What's the difference? Well, no. Condensed milk I mean, comes I know, in a can. I know you knew what that was. Well, I, and I know what dry milk is, but I mean, how do they... Is condensed milk just dry milk, but with le- less uh, water removal? Yeah. So it's okay. like cooked down so that the water, like a lot of the water is gone. That's why it's thick. Right. And usually it's sweetened. Oh yeah. Cause people use it for their coffee and shit, right? Yeah. And yeah. Recipe cooking or whatever yeah. bullshit. <laughs> um, so yeah. And powdered milk is just oh, it's foul. all like all water, <laughs> all moisture removed. Uh, hey, did you say you had an EVRE 20? Uh, yeah. Are you, are you 20? Yeah. There's one here. It's 350 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I got it for 350, 200 bills, dude. Plus a hundred dollar. Yeah. Well, I would have had to buy the hundred dollar shock mount for the fucking $350 mic too. So. Right. (sighs) Although I think, I think there might be something wrong with it when I shake it, it rattles, (laughs) but it seems to work. So I'm not going to fucking sweat it. And it sounds good, uh, at least, you know, on this end. Great. So, yeah. Sounds good here. Nice. Sounds good. All right. All right, dude. Cool, man. Have a great evening. Yeah, you too. And I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Next week. All right. See you, buddy. Bye. Bye. Go to the